Welcome again to another AMSC podcast. In this episode, I continue my conversation with Jeff Irvine as we discuss the basic course, the self-development domain, and the content process model. That's one thing that really excites me about the basic course. That first week, um, it is as we open up and people start to understand themselves and they get those aha moments, I tell you, that's one of probably the most rewarding parts that I have. Also, I enjoy that that first week in the basic course because I learn something. Even though I've been doing it since the start, I walk out of every one of those courses and I go, man, I never thought about it that way. I really look, didn't look at that from that perspective. Yep. And I tell you, it just it's one of those jobs that is really rewarding to me and I really enjoy doing it and I enjoy spending the time with those 16 Army leaders for uh, those next two weeks because for me it's it's kind of personal um, those 16 army civilians go out and support war fighters I mean that's the bottom line and one of those war fighters is my last surviving son and I'll tell you I uh, I feel a little bit better after every course knowing that those people really care that they understand that those soldiers out there are somebody's sons daughters husbands and wives and it just happens to be one of my son. It happens to be my last surviving son. So, I, I echo that too from the intermediate course side too. I learn more from my students than than from any other source. The diversity of ideas, opinions, experiences. I, I, every class I'm presented with seeing something a new way. Huh? I I'd never considered it that way. Um, and then to see how dedicated most people are and understanding that at the end of the day, it does come down to uh, the person in uniform and the war fighter. Everything that we do as army civilians uh, ties into that. Yeah. I mean, this is for me, this is a unique profession as an army civilian. Uh, our bottom line is not making, making dollars like IBM, uh, Walmart. Our bottom line is to support our soldiers as they go on, go go into arms way and to continue on with this. And to me, it's a higher, for me, it's a higher calling, but it's also a different way that I work with people. And I work with my coworkers to the side. I'm not competing with them to see if I get a bigger paycheck than the person to my right or left. In this profession, it's how can the person on the right and left and myself we all move forward to make a better product, to do a better service to our soldiers in uniform. And earlier you had mentioned that you had a recipe for team building. Um, do you care to share what that, that recipe is? Well, we spend a lot of time on the second week developing that recipe. And there's a couple different recipes out there. I'll call them recipes. There's the Army model, which is forming, enriching, and sustaining. And that model is a pretty good model to follow, to understand what are some of the things I've got to do when I'm forming teams. And that's where we spend a lot of time in the basic course, talking about, okay, what do we do to set conditions so people coming into that team feel significant because if I don't feel significant as a person, 
and I don't feel significant on this team, there's going to be dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. And once I feel significant and part of this team, I want to feel competent. And that focuses on spending the time with that individual, making sure they understand what are their duties and responsibilities. What are the standards that are being expected from me in a timely manner? And then I can work on those. And that's where where your IDPs come in. Individual development plans. Individual development plans. And we spend some time talking about individual development plans because this helps that person be, feel that competent, that I feel competent in my job. And when I feel competent in my job, I feel significant because I'm doing a great portion. I'm doing my part on my team to help achieve whatever that team goal is or mission. The other part of that is after, how do I sustain this as a leader? How do I keep the team going? And part of that is introducing or helping them understand a self-development plan, an SDP. And that self-development plan helps them to look farther beyond just the mission that they're doing. You know, every human being likes that feeling of success or being comfortable wherever they're at. And for some people, it's time for them to move up. And a self-development plan helps them map out where do you want to be a year from now, five years, ten years. What are some of the strengths and what are some of the weaknesses that you want to work on so you become a better leader or even a better person? Now, Jeff, what is the difference, I guess, that what differentiates an IDP from an SDP, Individual Development Plan from a Self-Development Plan? I know they used to be two distinct things that were managed, I think, on the Charnas website. And now that everything has kind of been rolled up under the Army Career Tracker and IDPs are now required for everyone, uh, I don't see a f- option in there for a self-development plan anymore. Right. You know, what's? I think this goes back to understanding the Army development, Army uh, leader doctrine on leader development. The Army looks at three main domains Mm -hmm. for a leader. And those domains consist of an institutional domain. That's us. And that's us. You know, those five basic course outcomes I talked about, that was briefed at higher levels. And the Army said, this is what we want basic course graduates to look like when they get out. So for every leader, they need to have those five, understand those five outcomes. So that's the institutional, and that's, as, as you stated, James, that's why they're CES. So we help that institutional knowledge. Then there's the operational domain. Now, the operational domain, the key thing is they're understanding what the job I do. So the leader's key tool to understand that or to help their people become competent is the IDP. And using that IDP says these are the skills that you need to have to be successful in this job. Now, what's interesting, some leaders, if they look at that IDP, they'll also add things on for their subordinates that helps them to go to the next level in whatever that career field is. And I find that, to me, that's more of an advanced leader 
who's taking more care of their people going, you know, this person could could be a team leader on this team in the future. Maybe they need to take these extra courses. Mm-hmm. Now, the last domain, and I think one of the more misunderstood domains, is the self-development domain, which deals with the primary tool there is the SDP. But the self-development really focuses on what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to improve on your strengths and your weaknesses? What are those key things? And then how do I achieve that? And then the bottom line is, how do I know I arrived to get there? And that's where we spend a lot of time in the basic course and having them develop their own self-development plan, but also to also introduce that developmental self-development plan to their subordinates. One of the challenges that I have um, when discussing IDPs in the classroom, and I'm sure supervisors out there uh, also experience this challenge, and that's the person who's looking at retiring in the near future. And so I'll hear often, I don't need an IDP or an SDP. I'm going to be retired in three to five years. What are your thoughts on that? What advice would you give to somebody in that position? I would give this advice. The IDP continues to keep you sharp until the end when you decide, as I call it, getting off this big army train. Mm -hmm. But you want to be as as well trained as you can when you get off the train, but to make sure that the people that are still on the train get some of your expertise. Now, on the self-development plan, That self-development plan doesn't always have to be focused on work. On my self-development plan, I have winning a bass tournament on it. That is something that I want to do in the future when I retire. But what's interesting is as I'm going through uh, how am I going to win this bass tournament, thinking about it, backwards planning and doing all those things, it helps me at work. It helps me to reinforce the concepts that the Army's taught me, but also to help me build on those concepts. And also how to bring balance, balance those things in life. We talk about Army holistic fitness in a later episode. We'll address those. But yeah, the things that are important to you that may not necessarily be directly tied to your task, your duty at work, that still keep you a whole person and a better functioning person. And we all think need those types of things. And to be part of something larger, as you mentioned, but to have things that we do outside of work, like trying to win a bass tournament. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad you brought that, brought that piece up, James. In the basic course, we spend a lot of time uh, talking about what you do last night. And reference to that is what do you do to relax? What do you do to recharge your batteries to put things in perspective. And that's why we ask basic course students every night to write in a journal so they get to think about their thoughts and their feelings and put those in perspective and understand how it influenced them and how it influenced another person. And we do the same thing when the, with that week, weekend break. What are you doing to recharge your batteries? And as an Army leader, if I don't understand what helps me to recharge my batteries, to help me to take on the daily task, I can't be at work 24 hours a day. Eventually, 
it will grind me down and I will become ineffective and I'll become uninfluential just because I have lost those perspectives. And I think that comes, we've made full circle now into talking about human needs. We've talked about building teams. Uh, I think what I think the trap that new leaders so often fall into when it comes to leading a team is you see what it's really easy to see what's on the surface, the task that here's our duty. Here's how let's get her done. It was mentioned earlier, but there are human needs as well, especially in teams working together. We talked about diversity differences in needs and how we take in information and process information. And so there is actually a model that we talk about in all three courses, the basic intermediate and advanced, that content process model, but that, that content being the, you know, here's what we see on the surface here. Everybody do your job. That's anybody can do that. Anybody can say, look, I'm in a position of authority. You, you do what I tell you, you do your job, but you're the best you're going to get is compliance in that case. And we, I think, start looking at the needs of people. Um, how, let's see. In fact, there was a, our content process model was based on a on an article written by a couple of authors, uh, Morris and Sashkin, as part of organizational behavior and action. And just the, the one thing I highlighted from this is the um, that content, that is, that's the bits and pieces that come together to get the job accomplished. Um, that's the work that the group does. But the other thing to consider, it takes a little bit, it's a little bit harder to do, but in, in when we talk about leader development, is to have the ability to get people to work together in a cohesive, achieving climate where all members share the inputs needed and feel satisfied in their roles and communicate effectively as in the task flow. That's, that, that's the process. And I, I think that's one of the things too, even the basic course, intermediate course, uh, help you do is to help identify, start looking for those things, those differences. Uh, sometimes in teams, somebody may have checked out. What does it mean when somebody's silent or not saying anything? When, when somebody says, well, I have any questions, is the quiet person, person who's not saying anything, does it necessarily mean you know, that, that they understand or they, they're on board or they fully understand, they have a shared understanding. Um, it can mean a lot of things. So to try and ask those types of questions what, what lead to are your needs being met or you, know, you feel like a cohesive member of the team. Hmm. You know, for me, that is probably one of the harder concepts in the basic course for people to understand the process content model because they have a mental model of what process means. Right. So one of the ways that I find it easier to understand is if you think about an ocean, and if you think about that ocean, above the waterline, you can see things that are going on. And in the model, that's the content piece. That's the mission, the task, the goals, the timelines, those things that I can see accomplished. But below the waterline, as you talked earlier, I don't know what people are feeling. Are they feeling significant? Are they feeling competent on my team? And I don't know until I put my head under the waterline and find out what's under there. And one of the ways is just have an open communication and feedback. Hey, how are things going today? I notice you're a little quiet. Everything all right? What's going on? Help me to understand. And using that piece to see what's underneath that waterline. If I neglect what's underneath that waterline, it could become a barrier. You know, one of the things to think about is an iceberg. You only see 10%. Well, above the water and 90% below the water. Understand what that 10% looks like 
So then I can look underneath the water to look for the 90%. If, as you stated earlier, somebody's really quiet, there's a different behavior going on, that could be an indicator that there's something underneath the water line and I need to ask about it. I think the worst thing a leader can do is, is uh, neglect those. Because before you know it, that iceberg starts to grow and you can't get around it. And eventually you're going to run into it. And it's going to stop you working on that mission or task. So develop that relationship with people. But always remember, a person wants to feel significant and they want to feel competent. What am I doing today to help that person feel significant? And what am I doing today to help that person feel competent? To get what you talked about earlier is I want commitment. I can force compliance to a point. But what do I get? minimum standards. But if I can get commitment because people feel below that waterline that you see me as significant and you see me as competent and that you care about me, that guess what? I'm going to care about you and I'm going to do that little extra. I'm going to think outside the box and do something better. Couldn't agree more, Jeff. And I think on that um, we'll wrap this up and um, and look forward to possibly having you help me out on future podcasts. I do appreciate the time you spent with me, Jeff. Well, I'm very honored that I was asked to do this, and I really appreciate appreciate that opportunity. I just ask everybody, if, if you get an opportunity, try to come to the Resident Basic course. If you take the distance learning course and you've got questions, you know, we can be reached here. You know, there's not very many of us left, but we will be glad to try to help you. Also, I just say, seek out the people that have been to the resident basic course. The things that you get in the non-resident are the same things they get in the resident. They might have a deeper understanding and be able to help you to understand those concepts a little bit better. Thank you, Jeff. In our next episode, we discuss the Army's multi-source assessment and feedback tool, also known as MSAF. We'll be talking with Chuck from the Center for Army Leadership and Mark, who is an MSAF coach. Um, I think whenever you walk in a room, people are assessing you. Um, whether you're standing up in front of a class as an instructor, uh, whether you're standing in front of a platoon or a company or a battalion, uh, the people are looking you up and down and saying, uh, you know, what kind of leader is this? That's next time on the AMSC podcast.